Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ is the same. What? Say it with me. Yesterday. I know you've heard it for three messages. <laughs> you should have this memorized by now. The same way? So what does that mean? He hasn't changed. Two blind men following Jesus, Matthew 9. Again, son of David, have mercy on us. When he came into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said, do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, yes, I believe. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith. Look at your other neighbor and say, it's, it's about your faith. Do you hear what Jesus said? God in flesh, according to what? Your faith. Let it be to you. Malachi 3.6, I am the Lord and I do not change. I'm going to add another scripture that we haven't talked about, but I believe it's the focus of what I want to talk to you for a few minutes. And I'm going to go real quick, so I just need you to get with me and go quick. Because I believe at the end of this service, somebody's leaving here healed today. I believe that there's a river of healing virtue that's flowing through this building. Psalms 78, 41 says this. And again, they limited God, preventing him from blessing them. Talking about Israel in the wilderness, but they said, this, this version says, again and again, one version says, they limited God, preventing him from blessing them. I want to preach to you for a few moments from this subject. Don't be the limit on what God wants to do in your life. Don't be the limit. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be the limit. Lord, speak to us right now. I feel your power and your glory and your majesty in this room. I feel like you're here and you're willing and waiting. God, be it, but let it be according to our faith. Let us not be the limit for what you want to do in this service. In Jesus' name. If you believe that God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever, could you give him praise one more time? And that be seated. It's easy to settle for less. We do it all the time in our lives. We settle for less customer service at stores because it's convenient or it's cheap. We settle for less hospitality at hotels and restaurants because we're trying to be nice. We settle for less on our jobs because we're worried about what others may say or we're afraid of our boss. We settle for less in state houses like Baton Rouge and Washington, D.C. because let's figure it out. Let's face it. Any, who can figure out what the mess is going on over there? We settle for less in our marriages and we settle for less in our relationships because it's hard work. We settle for less in so many areas of our life that it just becomes a way of life. If you were here Wednesday night, you'll understand my next segment. We settle for less when we settle for Blue Bunny and not Blue Bell. Hallelujah. This happens gradually and not overnight, but it doesn't just happen in our everyday worlds. It happens in our spiritual journey as well. It begins with a heart change, a decreased motivation, 
and a weariness with always trying to trudge forward in the spirit. Suddenly we become content with less of God, less worship, less prayer, less time in God's word, less spiritual fire in the innermost part of our being, less answered prayers and seeing less people being born again. And if you and I are not careful, we will settle into a lifestyle of less of everything and anything. And suddenly we look up and we have adapted ourselves into a lower level of spiritual living. Why? Because we have settled. In the call of Abraham in Genesis 11, I see something interesting here. In verse 31, Torah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, who was the son of Haran and his daughter-in-law, Sarah, Abraham's wife. And when they had left the city of Ur in Babylonia and go to the land of Canaan, everybody say the land of Canaan. They went as far as Haran and they settled there. And the Bible says in the next verse that Terah died there. Ladies and gentlemen, the generation before Abraham stopped, settled, and died. I want us to hear that this morning. They stopped, they settled, and they died. Please, God, don't let my generation be the one that stops and settles short of everything that you have for me. I want you to say this with me. I want this to be the tone for the next few moments of this service, but I want you to say this with me as a confession of faith. Say this with me. The Holy Spirit is upon me to stir me to a higher level of faith that refuses to settle for less than everything that God has for me. Again, I only need 10 people to believe this this morning, but I come with a stirring in my spirit today that God did not create me to settle for less. And when we do settle for less, we become the limit to what God wants to do in our life. Let me say it another way. Little faith equals a little God, but big faith equals a big God. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, what is faith? It is the confidence assurance that something we want is going to happen. Not it may be happen. Not maybe if we think about it enough, it's going to happen. No, what we want is going to happen. It is the certainty that we have with hope for what is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it ahead. But just like I preached to you on Wednesday night, there's an intersection coming between between God's power, God's promise, and God and your need in your life. And when you meet that intersection, it's going to be because you had the faith to see it before it ever happened. That's what I come to preach to you today. You may not see it right now. You may not even be able to understand it right now. It may be so big and so great that you can't even define it right now. But I come to preach to you about a God who is the same yesterday yesterday, today, and forever. And if he says he does not change, he does not change. Faith is the ability to believe for things that we cannot see. 
Let me say that again. Faith is the ability to believe for things we cannot see. Faith is what empowers us to break out of our traditional boundaries of what we think God can do. Faith always talks about the thing prayed for as though it has already been received, even before it is seen, heard, and felt. Faith is what empowers us to enlarge our borders and increase our capacity. Faith resists the restrictions that our flesh, doubt, fear, and unbelief try to impose upon us. Faith demolishes the negative patterns that seek to restrict my God-given future. Faith resists the mindset that since things seem to be going okay, something bad must be around the corner. Faith forces and comes against the forces that try to restrict our vision, our hope, and our dreams. Faith resists the status quo of religious mediocrity and churchosity to say there must be more. There must be more. If anybody else does it that want the more, God, I want the more. By faith, I confess that God has taken me out of poverty. I said, by faith, I confess that God has taken me out of poverty. By faith, I confess that God has broken the generational curse of poverty off of my life. By faith, I confess that the sickness that has tried to dog me and track me and destroy me must bow before the throne and the blood of Jesus. By faith, I confess that all my failures in the back of my life and in the past of my life are now washed by the blood of Jesus. I said it's all by faith I said it's all by faith it's all by faith that I'm standing in a place of victory I said I'm standing in a place of victory I'm standing in a place of peace I'm standing in a place of joy and strength and health all by faith to settle for less is to live a restricted life I don't know about you, but I guess you can tell by now, by just my frame, I don't want anything restricting me. <laughs> Brother Yella, I, I want to make sure I go up that extra size so I don't have anything restricting me. Why? Because I, want, I might want to move suddenly. And I, I don't want anything restricting me. I don't want one of these buttons to pop out and hit you in the forehead. We settle for less. And when we do, we live a restricted life. And we forfeit our future. You see, God does not take us out of the world of trouble. And I know that some of you are in trouble this morning. I'm not ignoring the fact that you're going through some things. But here's what the Bible said about our lives in the midst of this trouble. He said, there's victory in this world. There's victory for you to overcome this world. And it's your faith. Not your faith in your own abilities. But your faith in God. And what Jesus Christ has done for you. 
Don't settle for a restricted future. Faith looks past the immediate circumstance to the ultimate fulfillment of the promise. Faith believes in the impossible even when the logic of our mind tries to talk us out of it. One person said it this way and I put it on the screen hopefully. Faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and receives the impossible. Let me say that again. Faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and receives the impossible. We will never experience the supernatural hand of God opening and closing doors, providing all that we need for dream conquering of our enemies or doing things that God can only do if we settle for less than living by faith. I believe, ladies and gentlemen, and maybe this is maybe for only two or three of us, but I'll preach it anyway. I believe that there are unclaimed blessings waiting on us. That God, pastor, wanted to bless us in the past, but we wouldn't claim them. Why? Because we couldn't move past our logic and our fear and our unbelief. That's why some of you haven't even put a prayer request on the wall because you're afraid what happens if God doesn't answer it. Let that be between God and the need, but at least have the faith to put the request on the wall. And just like the two men in Matthew 9, I go back to that and I say, yes, I believe we must refuse every obstacle, every obstacle, every person, every opinion that restricts our faith-filled future. I wonder how many times that David Grigsby has missed God's blessing because what I have let come out of my mouth has contradicted God's word. Why? Because my measure... My faith is measured by my confession. Some of us need to stop hanging around negative people. And I'm sorry if they're living in their same household, but some of us need to stop hanging around negative people. And we've got to start living and hanging out with faith-filled people. I said, we've got to start living and hanging out with faith-filled people. You need to look at your neighbor and say, is that you, neighbor? Because I don't think I want to come back and sit on this pew if you don't have enough faith to believe with me what God is about to bring into my life. I said, I don't think I need you on my pew if you can't believe Believe with me uh, that my miracle uh, is about to show up. Uh, my miracle uh, and my answer uh, is about to show up. We must not settle for religion without power. We can't settle for good church without seeing God move in supernatural ways. Let me tell you something. If good preaching, good singing, good programs and nice buildings were the key to revival, the UPC would have all the revival that it needed. But we must have more. We must have more. We must have the demonstration of signs, wonders, and miracles. TPC is a legacy of seeing miracles happen. 
Our pastor, you know, you've heard him preach for 13 years. You know that he believes in faith, that he operates in faith. Brother Bennett that came before, Brother Hennigan that came before, great men of faith. God did amazing miracles. I, I sat around a campfire with some elders of this church, uh, and they began to tell the stories of old, uh, of God doing supernatural things, uh, dead people being raised up uh, at that little church over there. Uh, piano still playing after the man left the piano. Uh, come on, what am I talking about? Uh, I'm talking about signs, wonders, uh, and miracles. And we're thankful for the heritage, uh, but it has to translate into our future. No, you didn't hear me. I'm thankful for the heritage. Sister Hennigan, I see you back there. I'm thankful for the heritage that your husband left us. And I'm standing on this platform because of my pastor and because of that heritage. But let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. It better not die in this generation. I said it better not die. I know this makes me sound old, but I want to talk to everybody under 40. In fact, everybody under 40, stand on your feet right now. And I want to talk to that generation and the generation after that. You better take up, hear me very carefully. You better take up the call of the prophet Habakkuk in chapter 3 and 1 when he said, Lord, I've heard of your fame and I stand in all of your deeds. But Lord, repeat them, repeat them. Let them be done in my day. This is the time to make your power known. Lord, hear the cry of this generation. Do I have somebody in this generation? that says, God, uh, we're not going to take the limits. Uh, I said, God, uh, we're not going to take the limits uh, off of our faith. Uh, we're going to allow you to do everything that you want to do in this generation. Maybe I should ask the people under 60 to stand. Huh? Come on, stand if you're under 60. Stand. Let me tell you something. Yeah, we all got old right then. <laughs> but hear me, hear my heart this morning. Please hear my heart this morning. If we don't build altars of consecration, we won't see signs, wonders, and miracles. We're not going to make it into the future and see the supernatural by just riding on the, 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 the coats of Sister June and some of these others. We're not going to see it. Somewhere, somehow, one of us who is 30, 40, 50 has got to stop and build an altar and say, God, I'm not moving. I'm not leaving till I see you work. Who believes that right now and you can put your hands together. You may be seated. Who's with me this morning? I said who under 60 is with me this morning? Who under 40 is with me this morning? I only need three of you. That's okay. The Bible says we're two or three together in your name. That's where I'll be. If it takes two or three of us to have a prayer meeting, I said if it takes two or three of us to have a prayer meeting, I know things were a little different Wednesday night when you came in, but I'm going to tell you, 
I talked to pastor about it and he's good with it. For the next 30 days on Wednesday, we're going to start building altars. I said, we're going to start building altars. Why? Because I'm not passing a religion down to the next generation. I'm not passing a, a godless, spiritless, miraculous, less religion down to this generation. I'm about to turn 52 years old in two, two weeks. And I said, God, I said, Lord, if you'll give me 15 more years, here's what I want, God. I want to do everything I can. If you'll give me the health and the strength, I may not be able to teach you how to build something like these men can. I may not be able to teach you how to build wealth. I may not be able to teach you how to do anything else like that. But let me tell you what I know how to do. I know how to build an altar, honey. I said, I know how to build an altar and I know how to intercede and I know how to pray in the spirit and I know how to fast and I know how to get a hold of God I can teach you that but whatever we do don't let us pass it on to a generation that is faithless cannot settle for a survival mindset I know we're living in the last days, but whatever we do, don't settle for a survival mindset. Why? Jesus said, I've come to give you life. And more abundantly, not just in eternity, but here. That don't bother me. I'm like, I'm like Moses. I wish all of you would prophesy. I wish all of you would catch on fire. We used to sing that song. I wish somebody's soul would catch on fire. Burning in the Holy Ghost. I'd rather try to put a fire out. But a survivalist has one thing in mind. Surviving, not thriving. My wife loves to watch these goofy shows where they drop you off in Alaska with a pocket knife and a piece of string and it's 50 degrees below. So dumb. I usually find that the person that usually wins has the strongest mind. And we've got to change our minds. Hear me very carefully from survival to faith. God didn't call you to survive. He called you to thrive. Man, I'm gonna keep saying it. Pastor's been preaching it. Can I keep preaching it too, Pastor? God didn't call you to survive. He called you to thrive. He called you to be an overcomer. Say, David, I don't feel like an overcomer. I know there's seasons. Hear me very carefully. There are seasons where you don't feel like you're going to even survive. And those are the seasons most definitely that you need some faith in your life. Don't start talking about what's going on around you, in you, or what you see in front of you. Why? Because the power of confession, you might as well be confessing faith in your sickness, disease, and the enemy that's standing in your life. What do you have to lose? Why don't you get out the word of God and start confessing God's word over your life? 
As a believer, God didn't create me to save me, leave me, or settle and survive. My attitude cannot be just to endure, to hang in here, or to exist, to hold on, to tough it out to the end. We cannot settle for a small prayer mindset. We must settle in our hearts that God is as big as his word says he is. And he is powerful as his word says he is. Then if that's so, do you believe that? I said, do you believe that? Then he is the same miracle working God of yesterday, today, and forever. The story is told in the Alexander the Great Court, the ancient of days in Greece. There was a philosopher who was struggling financially, unable to fix the problem. He asked Alexander to help and was told to go to the imperial treasure and to get whatever amount that he needed. Taking Alexander at his word, he went to the treasure and asked for what would be the equivalent modern day version of $50,000. That's a lot of money in that time. The treasurer refused his request, stating that he needed to verify such a large sum of money. The treasurer went to Alexander the ruler and Alexander said, pay the man his money at once because this man has done me the highest honor. By the largeness of his request, he has showed me that he understands my wealth, my generosity, in my power. The question that I have for us today, TPC, is have we been insulting God with our small prayers? Or are we going to honor God with our big prayers? Have we forgotten to whom we are praying to? And have we forgotten the resources of his kingdom? What if we started praying God-honoring prayers? Giant, colossal, humongous prayers. We've been praying tiny, inconsequential, meager, modest prayers for too long. When we pray small prayers, we limit God and we settle for less than everything that he has for I'm convicted by this today. The Bible says in Jeremiah 32 and 17, he reminds Israel, he reminds Jeremiah, he says, Oh Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing. Look at your neighbor and say, there's nothing too hard for you. So I know that I can come to the God that I'm talking about this morning and say, oh Lord, you alone have made the heavens and the earth and by your great outstretched power and outstretched arm so that I know what I'm bringing to you in prayer is not too hard for you. You alone, God, have made the heavens and the earth. So this prayer request for cancer that I'm about to bring to you is not too hard for you. You alone have stretched out the universe by your power and your hand and your word. So my marriage is not too hard for you. You alone. Oh, somebody's going to get a hold of this today. You alone, almighty God, have all power in heaven and earth. So what I'm about to bring to you is not 
too great. So if God is great as he says he is, then we have the right to believe in the miraculous. Look, it's just like C.S. Lewis said, and I'm paraphrasing. He's either a lunatic, a liar, or he's Lord. But if he's Lord, he deserves to be treated as Lord. And we honor him. Hear me very carefully. We honor God by believing he can do the impossible. Please, ladies and gentlemen, hear me very carefully. Don't allow past discouragement, frustration, and failures of yesterday or delays to stop you from your faith journey. Just because there's a delay doesn't mean that's a denial. Our faith, our faith is in the faithfulness of God to fulfill his promises. My faith in God has to be complete, unquestionable acceptance of something, even in the absence of proof, especially not supported by reason. My faith fastens onto God, who by his very nature is the sole certain being of this universe and the most sure reality. God is faithful and he does not change and he cannot lie. And so my faith has the validity because God himself is utterly faithful and trustworthy. Who am I talking to today? I said, who am I talking to today? Maybe, just maybe, we have forgotten how big and great and powerful God really is. Maybe we're the ones sitting in church that have limited God. True faith is trusting in and rely upon God and his word. Hear me. I... I, I begged God. I came in here last night in the thunderstorm and I prayed and I begged God for you not to get your mind wrapped up in the emotionalism of what I'm trying to say. And I don't want you to feel like I'm trying to hype you up, but here's what I want you to hear. We, if we can't trust God and his word, we, we're done. Is there some faith-filled believers here today? If, if we can't look at God and say, God, I believe you because you've never lied to me. If we can't say that, then we're done. But true faith is trusting in the fact of our blood-bound covenant with Jesus Christ because of the finished work of the cross. God did not leave us with the misunderstanding of what he was trying to do for us. Hear me very carefully, and I want to be very careful how I say this. There's a reason from the Old Testament to the New Testament. There's a reason that what Isaiah would say it, and then the gospel writers would say it, and then Peter would say it again. By his stripes, you were. I know in one part it says are, but Peter says you were. We're past Peter, if you hadn't figured that out. Isaiah says by his stripes, what? You are healed. So 600 years before Jesus took a beating, Isaiah prophesied that your healing was going to be signed, sealed, and delivered. 
by the blood of Jesus Christ. Peter, six, seven hundred years later, writes, by his stripes, you were healed. Who was he talking to? He was talking to the church and to the future believers. He was wanting us to understand that the faith that you need to have is not in your own effort. It's not in your own ability. The faith that you need to have is in the power of the sacrifice of what Jesus Christ has already done for you. How many of us truly believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins? No, you truly believe that. You truly believe that. You truly believe that. You truly, no, okay, stand up if you really believe that. No, you really believe that Jesus Christ, don't stand up now, because this is a trick question. I just want to tell you in front. It's a loaded question. You truly, look around. That's pretty well all of us. You truly, you believe that? Look at your neighbor and say, do you really believe that? I want you to think about what you just committed to and said that you believe, just real softly, Brother Ashton. I want you to think about what you just committed to. You believe in a person who claimed to be God that you've never seen? You've never talked to in the flesh? Are you, are you with me? Can you hear me? You just said, Sister Debbie, that you believe that this person you've never seen, never talked to in the flesh, who claims to be God, and scholars and philosophers and historians have taken 2,000 years to try to discredit his godness. And he died over 2,000 years ago because some God in the universe said that his righteousness demanded a sacrifice for your sin? Is that what you're really telling me you believe? I'm telling you, it's a trick question. Hear me. So by telling me this and that you believe this, that this belief in the gospel, this thing called the gospel, is going to take you into a place of heaven, a place you've never seen, you've just only heard of? That's the story and you're sticking to it. Anybody? Is that the story you're sticking to? So, follow me. Here's what Paul said in Romans. Romans 8, and I don't have time to read it all, but I'm going to read it, and I'm going to read it in a different translation. In face of all this, what is there left to say? If God is for us, who can be against us? Hear me very carefully. And he that did not hesitate to spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Can we not trust that God to give us everything else that we need? Now that's a loaded question. You just got tricked. Because what you're telling me is you have the faith to believe for the most difficult thing that God could ever do for you and that's to pay the price for your salvation. But you don't have the faith to believe for your healing? Wow. 
you don't have the faith to believe that God can't break your addiction right now at 11, 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning? You don't have the faith to believe that God, even though your marriage is in divorce court, that God can't reverse that? You don't have the faith to believe right now that your child, your son or daughter, that's a thousand miles away and is so lost. Come on, you just told me you believe the most difficult thing you could believe. You just told me you had enough faith to believe that Jesus Christ came and paid for your salvation. I just need a few people to say, I believe the fact that he paid my salvation and I believe for the fact that he's about to bring me into my miracle. I can't even describe to you what I see and feel in the Holy Ghost because if God could do the most difficult thing and that's pay the price for my salvation, there is nothing in my life that is impossible for him to How many of you need a miracle right now? You need a miracle, just raise your hand. I'm going to tell you the miracle workers in this room. I'm going to tell you, just to build your faith, I wasn't going to share this, but just to build your faith. You need a miracle, I want you to raise your hand right now. Come on. You need a miracle. Come on to the front of this building. We're going to pray for you. You need a miracle. How many of you need God to just do something in your life? You need an answer to prayer. Raise your hand. Come to the front of this building right now. Come on, prayer team. Come on. I believe, pastor, I believe. Here, hear me very carefully. Hold on, guys. Hold on. Hold on. Don't go into song yet. Because I believe God wants to speak to us. There's a river in the spirit world. There's a river of healing virtue. And it's flowing through this room. Are you with me? And you just told me, remember what I said? Remember what I said? He says, according to your faith, not according to pastor's faith, not according to brother Greeksby's faith, not according to brother Cameron's faith. What? Your faith. My faith. So here's what I believe that we need to do because there's a river of virtue that's flowing through this room right now. And I believe that everybody that steps into it can be healed and set free and delivered. Whatever you need to be healed from, it doesn't even have to be a physical sickness. Whatever the need is, I believe. And those of you that have faith to believe with me, could you just join us around the front of this building? Because I believe we're going to see God do something right now. Right now. I've been praying. I've been praying. I've been begging. Hear me. Hear me very carefully. Hold on, guys. Hear me very carefully. I've been praying, God, give me a signal in the spirit world. Give me a signal. Please let me know that I have not lost my mind the last three sermons. I know y'all ready to hear Pastor preach. I know you are, and he's about to, okay? But please give me a signal in the spirit world that I have not lost my mind. Does that make sense? That I'm not way off track and I'm just trying to hype you up. I'm not. I promise you I'm not. I said, Lord, please just give me a signal in the spirit world. Just that, that by the confession of my faith in my mouth, I can see it for myself. Anybody ever needed that? You just, well, I want to see this. I want to see this for myself. I told you my need Wednesday night. I was bold enough to declare it to you. 
I told you that my family, because of our move and our transition in the last couple of years, we had a very severe financial need. It's not easy to admit. I put it on the wall. Didn't put my name with it, but I put it on the wall. So if you see a financial need up there, oh, that's the Greeks beast. Yeah, that's us. I went to the post office on Thursday. Man, it's hot when you drive, how to drive to the post office of Quincy. I don't know, but I almost talked myself out of it, Cameron. What I really want to do is just go to Dairy Queen <laughs> not, and not tell my wife. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. Three years ago, I had severe kidney uh, stones. I suffered with it for three years. I had to have surgery. No insurance. Went to the urologist in, in Houston in the Woodlands. Paid everything out of my pocket. Paid it all cash. You ever done that before? Ouch. Paid it all off. Everything was taken care of. Paid for the surgery. People stepped up. Friends and family stepped up. Helped me pay for the procedure. I paid all the doctor visits out of my... I got a bill... A bill. The only thing, Lord, couldn't you put something else in the post office besides a bill? Like a coupon for pizza or something? Come on. And I said, I cannot believe. I know we paid these people off. And I opened it up. And it said, pay to the order of David Grigsby. I'm trying to build your faith. It was, and I don't know where it came from. I'm not, they didn't even have my right address. All they had was the old address and Tomball. It was only God. If you knew the, the, the male people in Tomball, it's a miracle that it even got here. Brother Dwayne, it was exactly three doctor's payments that I had paid by cash a check for. Did that help? Did that, did that solve all your financial needs, all that debt you're talking about? No, but it was a signal. Come on. I said, if you don't get your eyes on the small things, you, you'll be blind to the big things that are coming. This morning, I just got to share this because I told you if God did it, I was going to tell you. Didn't I tell you that Wednesday night? This morning, someone came to me, pastor, and shook my hand, said, I love you. This is seed sown into your life. And I opened the check, and there was a check for several thousand dollars. Somebody put in my hand this morning. You think that's about David Grigsby? No, that's not about David Grigsby. That's a signal in the spirit world. I'm trying to get your eyes. I said, I'm trying to get your eyes on what's greater. What's greater is coming. I said, what's greater is coming. Just like I told you last Wednesday, I don't feel healed right at this moment. But get up every day and profess to your faith. By faith, I believe I am being healed. You say, well, did that answer all your financial problems? No, unfortunately, there's more debt. But guess what? It's a signal to me to what's coming. I said, it's a signal to me what's coming. I said, it's a signal to me that what's coming. And the person that sowed that into my life, it's a signal to them that God is about to pour out something in their life that they can't contain. Why? Hear me very carefully. Because the person that sowed that into my life just took the limit off of what God wants to do in 
I said it just took the limit off of what God wants to do in their life. Man, who am I preaching to this morning? I told you, I told myself I wasn't going to say that, but I'm going to say it again. Who am I preaching to right now? I want you to lay hands on the top of your head and just simply pray. We're going to worship and we're going to pray for you. But here's what I want you to pray. Lord, say it with me. I repent of small prayers. Take all the doubt, the fear, the apprehension, and the disappointment of past things that have seemed to fail in my faith and deposit into my mind by the preached word and the power of the Holy Ghost your faith right now in Jesus name let pure faith be released right now in this house come on somebody pray with me if you know how to pray in the spirit I said if you know how to pray in the spirit could you begin to pray in the spirit right now I believe there's a signal in the spirit world what God is about to do we've already got a testimony of healing I said, we've already got a testimony of healing right now. Come on, God wants to do it too. God wants to take the limit off. I said, take the limit off. Prayer team, help me right now. Prayer team, help me right now. God wants to take the limit off right now. Have the faith to believe right now. If you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, today's your day. Don't settle. Don't settle for less than everything that God has for you.
faith. Let it be. Deliverance right now. Come on, deliverance is taking place. We rebuke every spirit of addiction. I said we rebuke every spirit of addiction right now in Jesus' name. a sickness, some kind of sickness for more than 12 months. Some, and you want prayer. More than 12 months. Come up here, Brother Rob. Come on, I saw your hand. More than 12 months, same sickness. I know there's more than one person, but that's okay. We'll pray for one person. You've been battling some kind of sickness. Come on, sis. See, here's what happens. Here's what happens. We're going home. I promise you, we're going home. Here's what happens. The more, the longer, I told you, We've lived for 21 years on the verge of a miracle. Notice what I said. We've not lived 21 years on, the, on having a need of my son being healed. I'm not discounting that, but I've lived for 21 years on the verge of a miracle. How old is Addison? How old is Addison? Huh? Seven. The Williams family has lived for seven years on the verge of a miracle. No, you, we either change the way that we think and we speak or we live with the limit. God wanted to bless Israel, but every time he tried to bless them, they kept limiting him. Time we take the limit off of what God wants to do. You're here up here, if, if you're here long term, more than a year, I need the prayer team to come help us. We're gonna pray right now, in Jesus' name. Now here's what I wanna be, I wanna be real careful. I'm not saying this to be cute. Hear me, Brother Ashton. I'm not saying this to be cute, but hear, hear me very carefully. I can't come up here, hear me. I wanna, I wanna be very clear on what I'm about to say. And pastor, if he needs to correct me, I'll, I'll definitely let him correct me. But I can't come up here and ask for God to heal me with diabetes and then go home and eat a chocolate sundae. Am I, am I okay with that? I can't come up here and pray for God to keep healing me of something that I could do something about, about myself. 
Not to say that God doesn't want to heal you of diabetes because I believe and I've seen God heal of diabetes. But I've also prayed for people for years with diabetes that kept a chocolate candy bar bowl in their house. Amen? Now maybe that was like a level of faith that I didn't understand. But, but do you get what I'm trying to say? But what I believe is this. When we get into situations like this where we've been praying the same prayer over and over so many of you have been praying for your children years after years after years right what if we believe that in the next 30 days maybe it doesn't happen today but what if we believe in the next 30 days we begin to see God do it what if you could believe in the next 30 days that you could get a phone call from your child you could get a phone call from your child and say hey mom I'm coming to church tomorrow hmm would that be a miracle for somebody that's the kind of miracles that I'm talking about. And when we get in the middle of this, like I said, 21 years of praying the same prayer, we get in the middle of this, we get tired and we get exhausted. But we got to have people who will come up around us and have faith with us to say, I'm going to believe with you. I'm going to fight with you. I'm going to speak faith when you can't even speak faith for yourself. But I just told you what the Bible says according to your faith, according to your faith. Rob, you've got faith that Jesus died for your sins? You believe that? Just what I talked about a while ago? You believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins and he paid the price for your salvation. Prayer team, help me out. So Paul says, if you have the faith to believe for that, have the faith to believe for something that's even smaller. It's not smaller to us, but it's smaller to God. Y'all believe that? Right now. Right now. Right now, right now, by your faith, let it be right now. That's it. Let it be the confession of your faith right now. Heal these lungs. Heal these organs. Ha! Heal this heart. Ha! Mm. Healing virtue from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Right now, according to your faith, let it be done. Yes, I thank you for doing it. Now begin to thank the Lord for your healing. When you get up on Monday morning, thank the Lord for your healing. Every breath that you take, thank the Lord for your healing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right now, right now, right now, sis, according to your faith, right now, according to your faith, right now, healing, healing. We've been contending for over a year. From the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Uh, we speak healing right now. Right now, right now. According to your faith, let it be. According to your faith, let it be. Right now, right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Who else? Who else needs prayer? Come on, let's pray. Okay. Let's pray right now. Come on, Sister Glenn. We're going to pray for you. 
We're thankful for doctors, but they don't have the final say. Right now, in Jesus' name, this is a mighty lady of faith. According to the faith that's within her. According to the faith that's within her. Total healing, God, right now. Every system, every cell. Right now, God, in Jesus' name, by the power and the authority of your word, your blood, and your name. Let it be done. Let it be done. Let it be done. Let it be done. Right now, right now, Jesus' name, sis. Sister Stephanie, come on. We're going to pray for you. Jesus' name. Anybody else? The Lord's here to heal. The Lord's here to heal. Right now, God, in Jesus' name. Mm. I pray against disappointment. I pray against fear. I bind it up, God, right now, in Jesus' name. You see the heart and the cry right now. We release your healing virtue according to your faith. According to your faith right now let it be let it be let it be we believe lord right now yes lord i receive my healing yes lord i receive my healing i receive it thank you lord thank you 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 i want that to come out of your mouth sister step thank you lord for healing me right now yes yes thank you for healing my somebody's going to be healed driving home I said somebody's going to be healed driving home somebody's going to be healed when you walk in your door if you'll just keep I said if you'll just keep praising him I said if you'll just keep praising him I want some people of faith together around Sister Peggy right now we're going to pray for her Jesus name come on right now Hallelujah. Big faith. Big faith. This is a woman of faith. Come on, this is a woman of faith. Raise her up. Raise her up right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Healing virtue. According to the faith that is in this life right now. I receive it. 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 I receive it, Lord. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. We love you. We thank God for what he's doing in your life. If you're here and you have a need, we don't want to leave. I know we got some other stuff to do. Cameron, where you at? I took my glasses off. I don't know. If, I don't believe the Lord's done. Cameron's over here shaking his head. He doesn't believe the Lord is done. Somebody else to be bold enough to be prayed for. To be bold enough to be prayed for. Come on. Can you pray with brother? Can, can I get some help right now? We're going to pray for brother David right now. I thank you, Lord, right now for the power and the might of every need that's in this life. 
there's nothing impossible. I said, there's nothing impossible for you, God. A brand new home. Sons and daughters coming home. Right now, God, in Jesus' name, let it be according to your faith. According to your faith. According to your faith, according to your faith, according to your faith. I still believe God's moving. I said, I still believe God's moving right now. According to your faith, according to your faith, according to your faith. Stay just for a moment. Just we're gonna stay just for a moment. Alliance is coming. But how many of you believe will believe God this week that we'll see signs, wonders, and miracles? How many of you will come Wednesday with the expectation that God's gonna do something on Wednesday night? You can join us early for prayer from 6:30 to 7. We're gonna believe that we're gonna see answered prayer. Everybody say answered prayer. Turn your neighbor and say answered prayer. I'm about to see an answer to my prayer. Hallelujah. Cameron's coming. dismissed we're so thankful for what the Lord is doing so thankful that you've come and participated and we're excited to hear your praise reports and we're excited to get those highlighters busy highlighting those prayer requests that's being answered we're gonna have a little fun before we leave Um, we want to thank everyone that has supported Alliance in this particular fundraiser